The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. While we've been self-isolating and likely doing a bunch of extra baking and eating and drinking, well, some of you might also be thinking about getting out and doing some exercise. It is fine to go outside as long as you keep following those social distancing rules. And oftentimes, you know, people are thinking, oh, maybe I'll start running or get out there walking or maybe we just get out there and we're a weekend warrior and you know what that means. It hurts. Even gardening can hurt. Uh, You need to be prepared for injuries this time of year. You need to be prepared for being sore. And Grant Fedorik from Leading Edge Physiotherapy joins us now with more in this month's version of Fit After 40. Hey, Grant, how you doing? I'm doing good, Jalen. How are you doing? I'm doing really well. I know that you guys have been doing a lot of baking at your house because I see it on Twitter. (laughs) There's a lot of baking, which requires a lot of... uh, post-baking exercise to keep it all off as best we can anyways well and and that's it and i've seen a lot of people picking up uh and start running and that sort of stuff i think it's really important that people remember that they need to ease themselves into things yeah i mean that's that's right number one i mean moderation is is probably the most important term that people remember at this time uh so certainly just starting something straight from nothing is not a good idea. That's a recipe <laughs> for for uh, an injury, and we don't want that to happen. So slowly integrating or start, slowly starting new activities is probably number one piece of advice that I've got for all activity. We've been talking about that for some time, and it's never mattered more than right now. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, there are apps. I think there's one for if you want to start running, it's called Couch to 5K. I mean, there are things that can help you through that. But it's really, really important to listen to your body. If things start to hurt, you need to slow down. Yeah, and and I think paying attention to those kind of those little uh, injuries, we're getting a lot of people just asking simple questions. You know, I I ran or I did something and I'm sore. And and to some extent, it's normal. And I don't want people thinking that every time they've got something that – they feel after they've been exercising that they have to worry about it that's not the purpose of these it's when when you should worry and and some soreness that occurs after exercise is somewhat normal uh, it's the type of it it's i always say it's the character of what you're feeling and if it feels like you've done something wrong then that's the time to reach out and it's it's intuitive to some extent but sharp pain tingling numbness those sort of kind of issues that's not normal and it's something that you might want to reach out and get addressed or at least find out if that's supposed to be happening but the best the best place to start is to try not to let that happen in the first place yeah so um are are you are you supposed to warm up these days or not are you supposed to stretch afterwards or not i'm so confused anymore yeah i know you and we've chatted about this and it's funny because you know as soon as they as soon as we come up with something somebody says something else and and the long (laughs) and the short is is that a warm-up is still is still important and so by warm-up though it's exactly how it sounds. It means that you don't start just, if you're gonna go for a run, you start with a walk, you do something to get your body um, warmed up. And so starting full into an activity is not a good idea. So again, it's it's going for a bit of a walk before you start your run, starting a little bit of a walk before you start some light stretching. We don't necessarily, as far as performance enhancement, um, doing a whole bunch of stretching before an activity isn't the way we encourage people to do, especially passive stretching. We usually want people to do somewhat of a, a little bit of a warm up, like a walk or get on a bike is a good one.
and and then transition to that activity with a with some active stretching in the, in between. And then afterwards, there's nothing wrong with doing some cool down stretching and some and some uh, light stretches after the exercise just to delay or to mitigate some of the post-exercise soreness that people might have. And that's that's kind of the advice for people who are just regularly active. One of the things we're seeing the most right now are people who are out running. It's it, If you look at those trails and the roads, people are running, and I love it. I absolutely love it. Um, but as far as our virtual visits, a lot of my visits, the first five or ten minutes, I'm talking to people about their footwear because mm. it's the same footwear they ended the season with last year, and it's, it already is six months or a year old, and that's going to lead to problems. And so it's really important that people look at their footwear, look for wear patterns. If it looks worn, if those shoes are tattered, uh, even if they look good but they're six-plus months old and you're a runner, they're past their due date. And so it's it definitely, you know, shop local. See if you can find those running shoes online from a local local establishment. But you definitely want to look at getting new running shoes and, and you know, on that front, breaking them in as well. Yeah, for sure. And I wanted to ask you about that and about length of time. So you're saying about six months. I'm guessing it depends on uh, how much you're running, how much you're walking. That's right. So for, for, for normal to upper mileage, so anybody who's a regular runner, even if it's not long, long distances, you're going to get probably about six months out of a, run, a pair of running shoes. Okay. Anybody who's even more active than that, so those that are at the higher, you know, higher world running 30 plus kilometers a week they're going to get even less time out of those running shoes and then if you're you know sub below 15k a week you're probably getting uh, nine months or so out of a pair of running shoes certainly if you're at the year mark and you're a walker or a runner then those shoes are probably outdated they're not doing what they were designed to do in the first place any longer and certainly it's something that you want to look at and and again even your walking shoes even if you're not a runner but you're a walker and you've got a good pair of walking shoes it's still they still get they lose their uh, properties over a period of time and so you would definitely want to look at that because often as we're always talking about in any sport uh, injuries come from not wearing or having the proper equipment and running shoes are one that we often overlook and neglect so it's one of my it's one of the big areas we've been chatting about I get these Achilles and plant right now a lot of Achilles injuries are kind of creeping up on people lots of people doing stairs Another really important thing is if you are out there and you're starting to run and you've picked up a book or you've decided to try to do some speed training or things like that, hills, stairs, um, uneven terrain, they're all changes in your, in your regime and you can't just start them and, and do hill repeats without having issues unless you build up to it. So just like we started the conversation today, moderation still matters and, and introducing those things slowly over time is the best way to keep from uh, needing us and that's our goal. Yeah, you do. You don't ever want to overdo the stairs because you can't walk for about a week after. I, I know that one all too well. What kind of... Yeah, it just hurts too bad. Um, what kind of 
injuries do you see the most at, at this time of year, you know, outside of COVID-19, if, if people were kind of doing their, their regular stuff, but we can still get out and run, we can still get out and walk, we can still be out on our bikes. What are the typical ones? You talked about um, some some foot I- uh, issues, plantar fasciitis, I'm guessing. Yep. I'm wondering about shin splints, that sort of stuff too. Yeah, shin splints we're getting, and then even some back lower back issues from people who are in the garden and doing a lot of gardening and starting to, you know, rake their yards or power rake and mow um and same thing definitely going out and just picking one activity and and doing it for four hours isn't a good idea uh going out and breaking it up into tasks and changing those tasks throughout is a good idea maybe doing 45 minutes to an hour one day and seeing how you feel might be a great idea uh especially because now we've got a little bit more time so there's you know you don't have to do it all at once uh hopefully uh soon enough that'll come to an end but for now you do have that time so you might as well use it instead of just using it to keep doing the same task over and over try to break it up but those are those are typical for this time we're also usually seeing quite a few things that are remnants from the spring um late spring so this is about the time when people are coming out of their casts (laughs) from the you know the end of winter falls that they may have had and things like that and that's still happening uh certainly we're we're in touch and keeping track of that stuff and trying to make sure people are managing those problems as well um but definitely more from uh early activity in the spring people are out getting moving again and not that they weren't moving in the winter it's just a different they're doing it in a they're doing different things and whenever you're doing something different you want to do it introduce it slowly it's another episode of Fit After 40 with Grant Fedork from Leading Edge Physiotherapy. And Grant, you touched on gardening, and I think some people think, oh, you don't get sore from gardening. Oh. But I think of anyone who's done it, they're like, what are you talking about? Like, you, you, your hamstrings, your hips, your back, that sort of stuff. Is there, and because I see a lot of people getting ready to do some gardening or maybe doing it for the first time. Do you have some ideas as far as, you know, you've talked about making sure that you use your you bend the bucket properly mm-hmm. <laughs> um and, and the importance of that and not probably arching your back or bending your back too much but just proper positioning yeah there's a lot that goes into gardening believe it or not i think people look at it uh, it's kind of like curling they think well how hard can that be well yeah go try it you'll find out <laughs> uh, i think that it affects every joint really when you talk about gardening it's something i encourage uh, all of our patients to do because you can it's a it's quite a great activity for people to be doing but it you know if you're out there and you will be gardening think about your knees uh it's a perfect example a lot of people are now down on their knees they're sitting in the kneeling position so have a pad underneath the knees so that you're not putting your bone you know that kneecap right on whatever surface it is you want to have some sort of padding there because that can lead to a bursitis also just being in a kneeling position for a long period of time can put a lot of stress on the cartilage and the joint so you want to change that position so if you're kneeling for five or ten minutes get up and move around before you keep doing it don't try to kneel there for an hour at your garden bed or or weeding or that sort of a thing certainly um the the hips and the lower back i think that's obvious especially when it comes to raking and pushing lawnmowers people are bent over and so same piece of advice if you are going to be bent over for a little period of time take an opportunity to stand up and do a bit of the opposite put your hands in the small of your back and lean backwards and kind of 
offset some of the bending you're doing forward with some bending backwards or walk around your yard for a little bit before you go back to raking again because you want to you want a recipe for disaster again back to our recipe you keep raking for a couple hours and <laughs> you'll be coming to see us as well but even your wrists shoulders and elbows um, having the proper tools is really important so using if you have them more ergonomic garden tools can make a big difference on people uh, again taking a break with your wrists and hands if you're gripping a shovel or if you're gripping that rake for a long period of time even our hands can get quite sore over a period of time i was using my blower you know to blow leaves around the yard the other day and guess what got sore on me my elbow because i'm elbow. sitting there yeah i'm holding yep. the, the the um blower in my hand and i'm squeezing it pretty tight same thing if you want to make sure that i, I was doing it for about 30 minutes and i learned 30 minutes was probably a little too long because I hadn't been doing that for a while. So I probably should have started with 15 minutes. So when these things come about, just remember what you were doing and don't go back to the same amount of time the next day. Reduce it and then try to build up to it again. So I, right, I mean, Grant. we could go through every joint, Jalen. <laughs> Uh, yeah, we probably could. Um, let's take a quick break here, Grant. On the other side, just want to do a check-in as well as what's going on at Leading Edge Physiotherapy with your virtual sessions, uh, that sort of stuff, and uh, some final words for uh, this week's or this month's edition. Hold on a second, okay? It's Grant Fedorik from Leading Edge Physiotherapy checking in with an edition of Fit After 40. Grant, I have a question from Chris in Edmonton. He says that he needs to lose weight, but until he does, his upper right front thigh aches a lot when he's standing for hours working his grocery cash register. Are there any good stretches there to relieve that pain? Um, you know, it's that's a tough one because it, there's a few different places that could come from. It could just be from his muscle in the front of his thigh, his quad muscle, mm. or it could be from his back um, that might be referring into his leg a little bit depending on different things that are happening so so for something like that that's a, a vague vague information and certainly chris if you're listening um contact us send me an email uh go to leadingedgephysio.com and send an email through and that's something that we can actually work out uh i'll get ask some questions back and forth a little bit maybe in a virtual visit and <laughs> see if we can solve it down to giving you some proper advice you're an essential service too you're very important we need you working so we're certainly here to help out uh all of our grocery workers that are out there that's for sure so Grant, tell me about how it's been going with the with the virtual um, the, with the virtual appointments and um, you know, keeping some work open there for um, for the essential workers out there. Yeah, so we're still seeing the urgent and critical patients. So patients that might be their health has deteriorated as a result of not being able to get access to to some services and uh, obviously urgent patients, patients that we need on the front lines, um, firefighters, police, uh, doctors, nurses grocery workers and, and and if that problem is something that we can't solve via a virtual visit then we can see them in person after we've screened them and make sure that that's the last resort would be coming to see us and certainly we can help out but the virtual visits has been really effective um, not that we're surprised but one of the nice things that's come out of this is people are addressing their problems a lot sooner and I think it's because they know that if it gets goes on for a long period of time they might not be able to just fall back on the system and so essentially we're seeing a lot of people with acute problems that 
are contacting us and we're able to sort them out very early in the problem and it's it's a, it's very nice to see those acute problems because a lots of times advice can do the trick uh, there's lots of home management strategies that we can walk people through and even self-treatment things that we might do to you in the clinic that you might be able to do for yourself and so seeing those kind of problems has been very effective and of course keeping up the continuity of care with our patients that we've had at our clinics for 12 plus years and making sure that they know they're looked after through this entire time has been very important and quite rewarding we've enjoyed <laughs> we've enjoyed it and i think it's given all of us some you know face-to-face time with our patients and i think it's keeping most of us sane too so it's it's uh, <laughs> mental mental health <laughs> for for all of us physios out there as well well, I'm looking forward to getting back over and ha- having a couple of appointments uh, when, when we're allowed to grant with without a doubt. So again, leadingedgephysio.com, there is, it says get in touch, ask the physio. If you have a question, you can do it that way. And remember, there are the, the virtual appointments that you can do with a great team at Leading Edge. Uh, Grant, thanks for this. Continued um, best of luck with everything. And I hope to see you soon in person. That would be the best. Absolutely. We're doing everything to make sure our environments are safe for when that happens and and for our patients who are currently seeing us that are urgent and uh, we look forward to being able to be part of the solution as this continues on all right uh, take it easy grant we'll talk to you soon thank you take care be healthy yeah, you too. Grant Fedork from Leading Edge Physiotherapy. Again, leadingedgephysio.com is the website. 